What's love up? That. You like that, eh? I love that countdown. Yeah, that's that pretty snazzy. Really helps set the, the tone and get yourself mentally focused for the show. I'm feeling good, man. Yeah. I'm feeling great and energized after let's, that one. Let's do it. So, yeah. everybody, we're here for another edition of The Humblest. My name is Dante. I'm your host. And with me, as always, my main man. What's good? How you doing, V? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I had to wear my Raptors gear today because uh, we're go- we're heading into the playoffs. You know, you right for the Raptors. And, uh, you know, it's uh, definitely got to get behind our championship team. Yeah, I guess so. A little love to the Raptors. And, yes, uh, you just threw it in there, V. But I am a writer. I do follow the Raptors and, and uh, on the Raptors. So if you guys ever follow me on Twitter, follow me on Twitter or follow my Instagram handle right here, guys. Check me out. And uh, I'm always pushing my, my stuff. So if you're into basketball, tune in. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about music, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly what we are. Yeah, we've got a pretty uh, action-packed show today. I was really uh, excited researching this one. Yeah. And yeah, well. like, yes, I mean, like, because I, I just released a, a single the previous week and, you know, coming off uh, last last year's uh, release, I, I think I have some good insight into this topic. And I think just in general, it, there's, there's been some releases in the history of music and uh, specifically in the recent history um, that have kind of changed the landscape of the way things are done. So for, for all you guys that haven't tuned in, but you can see on the below here, these are the topics that we're talking about today. Creative strategies, creative releases, indie strategies rather, and we'll have an indie feature later on featuring uh, our guy, I Nil. Am I saying that right? I hope so. I don't. I think so, yeah. yeah I Nil. I Nil, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that, but we do have a lot to get into. So What's the idea behind innovative releases and creative strategies? Like, why are we talking about that today? How can that help people out there? I think it's just um, thinking about new new ways of connecting with fans. That That's the message I got from all the research I did and all the uh, interesting stories I heard was um, basically these artists, they connected with fans in a novel way. That's it. Yeah. Simple. It's, it's, we have to figure out ways to be engaging, you know, it's, it's very difficult to be creative in today's world and to be unique rather. Uh, so we wanted to take a look at some of those uh, creative strategies that people have used. Now in my research, uh, there was a lot more than I thought that there was going to be, to be right. honest. Like, I thought it was just really that U2 stuff and, and some of the bigger stories, but man, a lot of people are out there pretty inventive with their ways to, to, to create engagement. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I would like to pick your brain a little bit later on, Via, about some of the strategies that you've come up with. But yes. we have decided to focus in on just a few. Uh, v, before we jump into our stuff, did we get any interaction from the public out there? <laughs> yes, the H&H group always showing love and not always responding. So just want to do a couple quick shout-outs. And like you said, there's been a lot of um, artists who, who have uh, come up with tons of interesting releases. You got your drinking box, as usual. I got... Uh, my Hawaii mug, little Sweet. water. Yeah, yeah, going with water this time. Uh, try and stay hydrated, you know. But uh, yeah, shout shout outs to Eric, um, who provided a, a link to Tom Waits, and he had a really interesting um, release there, like announcing a press conference or a, a tour, and it was in a press conference, and the press conference was, it sounded like it was full of media and 
um, lots of people, but it ended up being just him and like a recording. It was, it was a nice little spoof there. So shout out to Eric. And then Derek. Uh, <laughs> Derek and Derek coming out. And you got Derek. I got to get the rhymes in. Um, he was uh, mentioning Ye and Pablo. Remember uh, Kanye, he released, oh, he yeah. did like multiple versions of, of uh, that album like and released album. it just like, he's like, yeah, I'll just do it as I want, whatever, and, and release it. And then another artist called Lav, who released his um, album in chunks, which was pretty interesting. And then we got Paul, who actually helped come up with the idea, gave gave me the idea for this week. So shout out to Paul. And he was talking about Frank Ocean, how he finessed his deal with uh, Def Jam. And you remember he was building that staircase over 40 hours, which was pretty interesting. And then he dropped a whole complete, uh, different album once he was outside the deal. Um, Yeah, the album Blonde, which was pretty awesome and like, you know, made tons of money and, and, you know, accolades and all sorts of things. And then Digimom, um, who, you know, she was active last week on the 80s show. She was talking about uh, Goche. I'm probably saying that wrong. And Gauthier and Kimbra, okay? that, that, that artist uh, or that song, uh, Somebody I Used to Know. I don't know the story behind that, but shout out to Digima as always, you know? Well, that was like uh, that was a that was a big video, really. Um, so maybe the creative strategy in that respect was having a creative video that kind of like stuck in people's heads. Um, but we want to focus in on on a handful here. Uh, so V, you you did a, you casted more of a wide net, and yes. you you and whereas I kind of zeroed in a little specifically. So I'm gonna hand the reins over to you here for this. And your first guy that you, or first band that you want to talk about was Radiohead, specifically in Rainbows. Uh, I'm a big Radiohead guy going back in the day. I know some of our, some of our listeners really enjoy Radiohead too, so they probably remember this. But for everyone out there, why was this a big uh, release? Yeah, it was it was the first release again like trying something new. Um Radiohead just ended their deal with their their major um label at that point. And so it gave them the opportunity to try something new. And what they did was just decided to do a, a pay what you want kind of uh approach and that had a lot of mixed reviews you know you had people in the industry like gene simmons u2's manager like kind of like bashing the idea um whereas you know even u2 frontman um and we'll we'll talk about some of u2's uh antics in a bit but they they were really uh sorry bono was really like you know acknowledging it was a great idea and so for of those course. that don't know, for those that don't know, basically from correct me if I'm wrong, V, it's like they release some music and they leave it up to the audience to determine what its value. So they pay what they think the song is worth. So yes. there's not really a set price structure, it's whatever they think is worth. Right? Yeah. And of course, of course, um, there was gonna be there's gonna be people who, you know, get the album for free or pay a few cents. Yeah, sure. But on the flip side, you've got like hardcore fans who are like, hey, we're we're appreciative that you're trying to connect with us in a new way. And they more than compensated for the the people who didn't pay anything. So, and, and to, to be, you know, um, you know, go over the, the numbers and stuff. It was, I guess, to that point, which was in, um, 2007, more, they, they received more money digitally than they had for any other release. And so it is crazy. And, And it, the thing that um, before we you know we move along on it, the thing that kind of um, was interesting to me is why they didn't do it again. You know what I mean? It was kind of like 
yeah. uh, of one and, and done. And and you might know that the the album won Grammy for best alternative album of of the year in two thousand and eight. And so it was just curious. I was curious. Like, if you got so much success from it, why not do it again? Do you, have, you know why why they wouldn't do it again? No, I have no idea. But I am curious to know, like, would you ever consider doing something like that with your music? Like, uh, us have people pay for it or, or so, what? So another interesting thing, and a lot of indie artists, um, they they use this platform, which I think got birthed from this this um, release, was, um, and are you f- um, familiar with it? It's called uh, Bandcamp. And uh-huh. so for all our... Um, you know, viewers out there, check out bandcamp.com and a lot of artists. I even have some of my music on there. Um, and it, we'll, we'll go to that. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. But I was finding a lot of people weren't engaged. Well, a lot of my fans weren't engaging on that platform. Right. But but basically, you can pay what you want on that platform. And, you know, some artists find a lot of success from it. It really depends on where your audience is. So, Okay. Um, yeah. A lot of those, a lot of those ideas are similar to the guy that I'm going to speak about a little bit later on, but it's a little bit more enhanced than that. I think that that's really kind of clever strategy, and if you do have a strong enough audience, it, it'll work for you. But V, right now, how much money are you making on your tracks right now? Right, like exactly whatever is is anything is anything at this point, right? Yeah, and I think it just has to be like a novel approach, and it goes to to show you maybe some some of these strategies work well for um major artists established artists whereas you know if you're just trying to to make a name for yourself well we'll stick around we'll be talking we'll be talking about that so let's let's move along because we have a lot more to chew on and um yeah what what do you know about this what do you know about this next one dante yeah, no, I I know this is being an invasion of my privacy is what this was, and and I can't I can't remember what it, it must have been an iPhone or something like that, right? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I never had an iPhone, so maybe it was a Galaxy. But basically, they had uh, installed this, their song, their album "Songs of Innocence" on this new platform. I think as a means to get new listeners, but as a result, all of us had this album on our phones, and we can't get rid of it. And for those of you that aren't that big of YouTube fans, I was like, what the heck? These things just taking up space. So fill me in on my blanks here. Fill me in on the blanks. Yeah, it was pretty much yeah, pretty much uh, exactly how it went down. Um, well, Bono had a good like a like a longstanding relationship with uh, Steve Jobs. Okay. They really? they did like a commercial in like two thousand and four, and Bono's yeah. got a lot of love these these last few episodes, eh? Yeah, I, I, guess, the, I guess yeah. I didn't Bonitard. realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot about the eighties. But yeah, he was he was um, you know at the forefront of all the, all these kind of like innovative ideas, and I yeah. think um, you know he's even acknowledging what was going on with the Radiohead um, release, and I think um, <clears throat> excuse me that this warm water I need I need some of it. my my voice is kind of cracking, but yeah, um, he he you know was at the forefront of it, and I, I guess there was a it, go, it goes to show you you know even mainstream established artists are worried that their music that they work so hard on is not going to be heard. And I guess, I guess that's, that's just an artistic struggle. Like, you know, no matter where you are in your career, you want your music heard. Right. And I think that was the thing was they're like, Hey, this is going to ensure that our music is getting heard. And yeah. I, I think that's where it did. It did probably more damage to Apple 
um, than it did to you two in general because you two fans they're gonna they're gonna mess with it they're gonna f with it right whereas right. us like kind of peripheral fans yeah that are like not really about it are are gonna be like yo like I'm not gonna listen to you two like get this off my phone and to this day I still have you two this album songs of innocence on on my library so yeah, there you go right. yeah no you're right get your water on yeah you're right uh, i feel like it is a, because like i said it's an invasion of privacy i don't want to get these products if i know that they can do this again in the future you know what i mean like yeah don't don't get in my my space there like that so but you're right it is an easy way it worked right like it's a talked about album it's the only really album name that i know really of them as a peripheral fan so you got to give them some kind of credit for giving innovative strategies and attempt here Right. Right. So, so that's interesting. Like, it's interesting that we go from that one to this one because, because it's on the opposite spectrum, right? Whereas they're like, Hey, let's get this out to everyone. Wu Tang once upon in time in Shaolin in 2015, for those who are not familiar, uh, they released one copy of the album. Just one. one. And I think that's, such an innovative idea, whereas kind of like looking at it as a fine art piece, you know? Um, yeah, <laughs> which is kind of crazy to think that Wu-Tang is fine art, but why not? Who cares, right? Um, I, I don't know. What do, you, do you like that strategy? Um, again, it goes to, to show like if you're an established, out, like a, an established artist or an established group, I think okay. you can get away with it, right? Like you, they, they even said – there, there's a, a policy or like a some clause on it that there's like 88, sorry, 88 years, <clears throat> 88 years that they can't have the album, like uh, it can't be commercially exposed. Cool. Okay. So basically in 88 years, it's going to be released to the public and we can all consume it. But until then, <laughs> we're all going to be dead by then. But until then, like, um, <laughs> we don't know if it's going to be a good or a bad, bad album, right? Like we have no idea of it quality of the music on there right right right. that guy so for again for those who might be familiar or might not be uh the album was auctioned off uh for two million dollars to like this pharmaceutical mogul guy who's currently now in prison for securities fraud (laughs) (laughs) and he's yeah martin screlli just like this like greasy like sleazy dude and my, my question to you is do you think the fact that he owns it, does that devalue the album in any way, even though we can't hear question. it? That's a good question. Like the owner, if the owner is like a sleaze bag, is a piece of crap guy, does that make the record itself like less quality? I don't know. I, I do like thinking of it as like an art piece. Like that's kind of cool to me to think of it as something unique. But yeah. again, like we don't know the caliber of it unless until we are actually able to hear it. Right. So it's just sort of like living in, in infamy, this uh, hypothetical, awesome album that exists out there, you know, it, yeah. it could just be like a myth, but it sucks that, that he bought it and not someone that wanted to share it. Cause I believe that this guy is not inclined to share this album, right? Like he's keeping it for himself. Right. Yeah. I think he's, he's kind of like let, leaked a few snippets here and there on like live feeds or something. But um, I mean, I don't think he can share it anyway. Right. He can't share it for like 88 years. So like, like, I mean, he can share it, but he can't make money off it. 
right? I guess. Can you play it at like a house party? Like, wouldn't that be kind of cool? That would be uh, cool. Like, yeah. he's been known to like, apparently he had like a, a version of uh, the Carter Five, which eventually did come out, but it was uh, long awaited. And he, he had like a bunch of stuff, but I'll read you uh, one quote that they had from sure. the reason why they, uh, Wu-Tang wanted to release it in this fashion. So, okay. yeah. 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 That's yeah. Yeah, give them some context and just like some, you know, just bring it back together to, uh, into innovative releases. So it says the music industry is in a crisis. <clears throat> the intrinsic value of music has been reduced to zero. Contemporary art is worth millions by virtue of its exclusivity. Okay. Dot, dot, dot. We hope to inspire and intensify urgent debates about the future of music. So what do you think about that? Um, I think that he's trying to elevate his music into being considered something art or something of, of higher worth than just throwing away rap gangster rap music, which is novel. I think that that's a good idea. And that's, there's probably some credence in there as well. Uh, so I think that like, if it, as like a talking point, as a means to get attention and start discussion, absolutely. This is really cool as like a release for the public and general consumption or whatever, like. It's, it, it may as well not exist. It might as well just be like the legend of this album, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I think it's like maybe like they got really um, enamored with, with contemporary art and the fact that it lives well beyond their, you know, like the artist yeah. years and, and kind of wanted to have this kind of legacy thing that they don't even really know about, right? And they, they just, you know, if you, if you see our uh, Insta story, he's, Rizza's holding like the the, the silver encrusted box. Yeah, like a time set. Yeah, exactly. Really cool. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I mean, really well, cool. if anyone in the the comments, we haven't had anyone queue uh, in yet, but yeah, let us know if if uh, what you guys think of of these um, releases, and yeah. uh, we'll we'll uh, move along to to the one that you really focused on. I'm curious. Sure. You kind of left me in the dark about it, so yeah, let, let's okay. uh, let's hear about it. For this beat. All right. So Ryan Leslie, my boy G got me on, on Ryan Leslie and I did a lot of research for him. He's this guy. He is a genius. Okay. He got a perfect SATs. He went to Harvard when he was 19 years old and on all of his spare time, all he did was focus on music. Okay. So this guy is like really, really about the game. Really, really smart. Uh, eventually he hooked up with P Diddy and he was working a lot with Cassie's album and did some, a lot of production. He got a management deal with bad boy and he was like working there. He started pairing up with Kanye and doing some stuff there. So his trajectory was, was on the rise. Okay. And one of his notable albums out there, thank you for putting out less is more. Also another one, black Mozart is another one, right? So okay. he uh, taught himself how to play his own instruments. He, he he's just a, a prodigy. But, right. but, but the thing with him, and this is where I want you to kind of think about it a little bit, is that he wants to be a tech mogul first. Being okay. an artist is second. He's, he wants to be like the next, next Elon Musk. Okay. And eventually his relationships with Kanye and P. Diddy started to wane a little bit because they started to focus solely on the music, whereas he wanted to be more. Okay. okay. Yeah. Back in 2010, he had a yeah. laptop. On his laptop, he had all these songs. This is around the time that Kanye and Jay were working on the Watch the Throne album. Right. And he was contributing to that. And so he had all these unreleased songs and stuff like that on it. Okay. Then his album, his, his, his whole laptop got stolen. 
Okay, so he put a ransom out for it, $20,000 to see if he can get it back. No one stepped forward. He raised the amount. No one stepped forward. He raised the amount all the way up to a million dollars. Okay. So yeah. finally, someone came forward with his laptop and gave it back to him, right? Yeah. He opened up the laptop, turned it on. It was wiped clean. But that guy still wanted his money, right? And he didn't want to pay for it because like, this, there's no way I'm just going to pay a million dollars for an empty laptop. It went to the court system and he lost and he had to pay the million dollars plus another 200,000 for being delinquent on pay. And he lost all his fucking music. So wow. all his work, everything like that. And it really kind of shook his perspective. So let me just ask you a question there. Let me pause for a second. Your catalog of work. I know you're building your own stuff. You're going through whatever. What happened one day if all your shit got erased? How, how would you react? But like a, like a, you can't re- get. I mean, like my, all my old sessions. Like all your his, sessions, his all music, your... his music is like his already released stuff is already out there, right? But yes. what you're talking about is stuff that's supposed to come out and like oh, yeah, that, that could be on the Watch the Throne album that could have made that that album. I'm huh? I'm sure he had like a hard drive or something, right? He must have had like a every artist has like a hard drive. Like I got one here, one second. I got one right here. Like I, you know, like I. <laughs> Not did you little, have, a little guy. This is 2010, right? So maybe it was a little bit different back then too. Still, so. I mean, I not, don't know. Everyone, everyone had a hard drive back then, man. But anyways, what, how would I feel? Like that still does happen. Like sometimes you get like, you know, I've had that issue where you, you know, you for whatever reason you don't put put it on your hard drive yet, right, and it's still on your right, right computer. Went, like full transparency, right before the show, you had a little bit of a glitch, and all the comments disappeared that you want to put up there, and you're having a bit of a panic attack. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, w- I would be I would be pretty upset about it. I would I would think that um, I'm sure he's learned his lesson in terms of backing <laughs> things up, having his session, yeah, um, yeah. and and just approaching things a little bit differently, right? Um, yeah, that sounds like a pretty brutal <laughs> experience. A brutal, brutal situation for him. So getting back into it, he changed his perspective on anything. All right. So basically, now his his focus is different, and he created something called smartphone. And what it is concept is that when you go to these music events and trade shows and stuff, you always give your email address, right? You can give okay. it to everyone and it shows up on mass mailing list, whatever. But your cell phone, you only give to people that you care about, right? And even within your cell phone, say I got like 100 people on my phone here. I'm only talking to like 10 people consistently. Those are my my, my 10, right? And and same, so this is what he, his, his idea is that I'm going to give everyone my, my cell phone number. And he just gave it out to anyone, text me anytime. We can start to establish a relationship. Right. So what he does is that when he has like a release that's coming out, he'll send a mass text to all his people saying, hey, man, I got a song coming out now. And it's similar to what you were talking about with the end rainbows. Pay as you pay as you feel kind of thing. And, and let's, let's let's do this. And he'll do that for releases, for concerts. He'll he'll put like, hey, I'm coming to your city. If anyone wants to come for dinner, let me know, whatever, stuff like that. And he just total, total engagement. OK, Um Every day he does a, a, a video blog that's about five six hours on the music industry and giving every you, day every day and giving you like behind the scenes look on his strategies and what he's doing and stuff like that right uh, for those videos that he puts out he says if any one of them reaches a million then he will release a video for one of his songs you know what I mean like if it has a million views right so he's like cross engaging that way as well. Right. Um, wow. So, so basically, um, with this with this smartphone, he's kind of worked it out that he's like for fifteen thousand people, 
on my that have my phone number, every album cycle, it gives me $2 million. Because it's on text and is direct, you're not going through Instagram, you're not going through Twitter, you're not going through a record company, you're not going through whatever. Other artists, when they make $2 million, they only get like $300,000 a cut because so much money is going someplace else. This is directly for him. So for him, he knows he doesn't have to go gold. He doesn't have to go platinum to make the same amount of money, right? He's just got to focus in on, on these people, right? So instead of trying to grow followers and grow, 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 he's just saying, well, who are those guys that are actually my real ones? And let me give them a little bit more exclusivity and a little bit like just build a relationship. If you were friends with like Jay-Z or Drake or whatever, and he's texting you, you might be more inclined to want to be there, support him, right? He knows every time he goes to a city, he knows who's going to be there. He can see them texting him and he can connect. So with all these metrics coming in, he might be able to figure out, okay, Vivek, he's, my, he's one of my best fans. Um, he's willing to pay $100 a year for my content or thousand dollars a year for my contact i'm releasing a few songs behind the scenes videos that are throughout the year meanwhile someone else might just be a fairweather fan and buy vivex album for 9.99 on, on apple like who is the more viable fan right the one that's going to spend that money so he's like i know that so-and-so is my biggest fan i can text this guy right now and i know he will answer me i know he spends four thousand dollars on me a year you know what i mean like on on all my stuff right so right. So basically, that's his angle is to, to target these 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 people, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and this is like an application that doesn't necessarily have to be used for music. This can be for any business, right? As long as you have your core people, your real ones, then you can you can do more, right? So so basically, yeah, um, it's, it's pay as you want. Uh, he's using YouTube's to build his audience, just like we are. Same sort of types of strategies, giving away passes, behind the scenes shows, da da da. But really, it's this smartphone thing. So he did get a lot of backlash, too, because a lot of artists don't want to give out their cell phones, right? They want to keep a distance between their fans and, and themselves. An air of mystery, right? Like Vivac the artist versus Vivac the human, right? Like, why should I break that wall? But he's like, again, you care about people that you text, right? Like, that's where you find authentic connection. And that's where you can really kind of get to these people. And you don't have to be the greatest if you know what your scope is, you know? Right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. How So how does he uh, distribute his music? Does he have like a private server or something? Or does he, because I'm sure he's listed on Spotify no, and all those other. He took all his music off of everything. As of 2013. Really? Yeah, nothing on Spotify, nothing on, on whatever. Everything is just through his text thing. And that is so cool. So he's like creating his own platform, basically. Yeah. Like, very cool. And if he reaches, like I said, a million views on one of his videos, he'll make a video for one of these tracks. And then that's where you can go to YouTube and you can see his videos because right. those are a product of these other ways of interacting. Right. And so he's like, he'll, you can go to his ryanlesley.com, I think it is. And yeah. you can you can just text him and he'll answer you. You could be that today. You can text <laughs> like right him. now. Right yeah, now. Maybe, like, I'll maybe I'll text him right now, Mr. Ryan Leslie. No. <laughs> but like um, you know, there, the, he's he's his goal is to be that interactive and that like hands on. So he's a music person. Second, like I said, this is an application that can be used for any sort of business, right? And he's just trying to gain accessibility. And he thinks that texting more so than WhatsApp and Twitter or whatever are more of an authentic way of communication. I appreciate that. Texting is dark messaging. You know, we share our deep secrets on texting that we wouldn't do on social media. Social media is public. We're conscious about what we're saying. Right. Texting, we can say all sorts of shit to each other. So that connection is a little bit more authentic. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a great story. And like, it kind of segues into our, our next topic, like very, very well. Um, because, you know, it, it is, it is um, pretty overwhelming for indie artists. And I think he's got that um, pinned down. Like he's got, you know, he really leaned into like the discomfort of, you know, that barrier between uh, an artist and, and the fans. Right. And so like, I, I think if you're good with it, maybe we can like kind of start talking about some of the, the things that other um, artists well, can, can do, you know? I, yeah. Before we bounce off of that though, V, would you ever consider something like that as a platform for your music? Yeah. Like I've, I've been toying around with ways to engage my fans and like you see it on the, on the below there connecting with fans because every fan, every consumer of music has their own way of wanting to interact. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure like he has some fans that don't want to text him. Right. Like they might be even like, Whoa, this is weird. Like, I don't want to know you on that level. Right. Mm -hmm. So you got to kind of discern as an artist, who are your fans? Just really knowing your market as, as best you can. And kind of, kind of like we said about Radiohead and all these other um, novel album releases is try try new things. Yeah. And no, try I things. I definitely think that there is an opportunity here, V, for you personally. This is sort of off the record, off the show. So everyone else, you know, plug your ears. But basically, you know, as a means of engagement, I do think that relationships are key, right? And we try to be connected with everyone when we post the stuff and answer comments and try to maintain those solid foundations. And we're, we're seeing some good results because of it. Um, right. The texting thing, though, I do think, I think you should legitimately think of this as, as an option here, as a means to monetize it, because we're all trying to make some bank, too, at the end of the day. Right. And, and like, let's explore this off the record, you know, off, off air, right? Yeah. See if there's an opportunity there for you, V, honestly. Um, and let's see if we can put you some what? into the show. You know what I'll do? I'll probably just, like, give everyone my dad's phone, uh, cell phone <laughs> number, because he doesn't use it. Like, <laughs> you know, right? yeah. old school, I'll be like, you know what, That's everyone... Great contact this number it's my dad and my dad would be like all of a sudden like his phone's blowing up he's like what is this but yeah no like, yeah i mean hey we got to get creative in in this day and age because yeah. what i've yeah. learned is like there's just things are things are always changing yeah. people always want to consume things in a different way um you know that's got to be instant it's got to be clever we got to be fast with it it's got to be innovative it's got to be unique it's got to stand out like there's a lot to think about Right. And, and one, one of the things like I've got it listed down there was like singles versus albums. Right. And, you know, you know, me, I was like earlier in the year, I was doing a lot of um, webinars and, and looking at, you know, videos and stuff. And yes. I, I was toying with the idea of releasing another album this year. And but for a minute, man, let's do this stuff, man. Let's but, go. <laughs> you know, in, in, a, in a way, I really am like, in, yeah. and I am and. Uh, shout outs to Paige. I, I know we were talking about it earlier and she's she's releasing her EP and even our uh, indie feature, IML. He he had, he had an EP and he kind of released some of the songs individually. Um, one of the reasons why is because it's it gives you an opportunity to have a new release. Like you have multiple releases within one release, um, you know, singles versus albums. Just say... And, and speaking of like Spotify and all those kind of stores and everything, if you 
do one release. You can only pitch it one time to to these um, to the editorial curators, which is a lot of like big hype nowadays. Everyone's trying to get on these editorial playlists, right. which and like just playlists in general. And yeah. I'm I'm learning. You know, I I want to have my music out there, um, but I also want to learn. You know, I'm in the the process of building my brand. I've got my logo going. I've got my um, uh, store, my merch store happening. And and I think it's just a means of playlisting and get, getting these things out there. It's just a means of getting your music to new people. And you yeah. can do that in different ways. And that's why <clears throat> I'm talking about the branding. Um, what you're saying is with, with the uh, – what Ryan Leslie is doing is – letting your fans in into your life. And one of the things I'm toying with, um, I was, you know, earlier in the week going through my, my pictures of, of when I was in like really, really deep with like the health health stuff and with like, you know, my whole hair, like all gone and like, you know, just really, you know, not, not the most pleasant pictures to look at. I'm, I'm toying at, at, you know, letting people in, to that journey and seeing what it was like and before and after. And like, don't get me wrong. It's still going to be some of that going on, but I think it is branding and messaging, letting people into your life and being like, you know, some business people say, you know, you might need to fire some of your customers to get to the customers that really, really want to support you. You get what I'm saying? Well, kind of, yeah. It's similar to what what I was just ranting about about focusing in on, on your your actual target audience that's going to really support you, right? Getting those customers that really, really support you that that fan base, building that fan base. Um, but yeah, I think that so yeah, the singles versus album. I do think that content is king. I say that often. Got to get lots of stuff out there and keep it consistent. Right. Uh, which is some of your points there. And for to your point, V, like you've been kind of putting out songs every couple months now, uh, so much so that you might be able to collect them into an album. I'm sure you have some more on the back burner too. Oh, uh, got one ready to go, yeah. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I definitely think that you should you should think about that. But but the strategy that you're doing keeps your name buzzing, you know, so we're not waiting every six months. Now it's every month and a half or something like that, you know? Yes. I think that that, and that's where we got it like uh linked down there as well. Consistency, right? Um, being consistent with, with your content, being consistent with um, your messaging. So for me, I'm, you know, for artists out there, I, I totally recommend um, getting a newsletter, trying different platforms, yeah. finding out what social media channels work for you. Um, everyone's like really heavy on Instagram, but Hey, maybe those customers that really want to support you aren't on Instagram. Maybe they're on Facebook. Maybe they're on your newsletter. And you know, just right There's now, out there. I mean, like even things like Tumblr and Reddit and, and Four Chains and right TikTok and you know all these things, right? That we don't even know about even TikTok or whatever, right? That right. These are all tools that people can use. Proper use of hashtags as well. You know, that's another big one. But we got right. some love out there. I see that. Yeah, yeah. Shoutouts to. Um, my my cousin or my 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 cousin and he's in America right now. So be safe. Much love to Sonu. But yeah, thank you for the love on the on the show. You know we really we really appreciate you. And um, so yeah, um, I I think it is yeah like just being consistent, trying new things. A couple of things that some indie artists I think um, one one thing before we kind of uh, move move along, 
I, I want to say is before you start, you know, getting overwhelmed with the, the promotional strategy, work on getting your um, content, you know, make, make sure it's quality stuff. Make sure you're increasing your, your quality of sound. Make sure, you know, you're learning, um, just being better at your art. I think that's a really important thing that we don't think about because we're like, oh, we got to, we got to get the music out there and people need to know about me. Yeah, but we need to, you know, if you, the promotions aren't going to go well if you don't have like quality content. So worry about that first and, Mm -hmm. and then start thinking about, um, putting a putting together a budget like maybe it's a hundred dollars and uh, you put some of that money into you yeah, there's some great platforms now uh, submithub.com I just got accepted to uh, one of my latest track uh, Muso soup um, where they they showcase your your music to curators and blog bloggers playlisters if if you get accepted so work work on you know your story work on your branding work on your um, quality, and then um, do do the other things that we have listed down there. Nice. I like that. There's a lot of stuff, and we can probably go on for days, and unfortunately, we're kind of tight on time, so we got to get gotta keep on moving. But, V, I ask you, in the comments below or in the description, can we put links for this sort of stuff? Can we include some uh, some some links that maybe work for you? Um, yeah. Let me, let me put them in right now as we talk. So hey, th- this is this is the uh, beauty of a live show. We can uh, we can uh, do it as as we see fit, right? We we are the controllers of our destiny, yeah. and so yeah, like this is one here. Submit hub. Uh, did I spell that right? Yeah, I did. <laughs> and so check check that out. <clears throat> My voice today, man, brutal. But uh, and then um, another one here. Musosoup.com and yeah just just check those out and um yeah i i think there's there's you know potential for a lot of those things but um one second here shall we go to shall we move along yeah we should um before we jump into our indie feature which i believe we're going to jump into next i did have a quick question for you did you check out that new drake video yet ah yes we were talking about branding and uh a lot of those um artists and and uh those innovative releases that we left off like jay-z and their partnership with samsung and uh well i guess it's hard to to not uh, know that drake is affiliated with nike now oh, yeah really uh, so like after watching what was it uh laugh now cry later or yeah, something which i love man i think the video is great i love the video really yeah. really i thought i i just found it too commercially I love it. I love I love anything. Drake is so savvy when it comes to marketing and and kind of getting his name into discussion. He's anytime he drops anything, we're talking about it, man. Like it's it's catchy. There's celebrities in it. Cool visuals. I don't know. I'm feeling it was it. very it was very clear. I found like that the quality of the video was like on like a next level. They like use some like HD kind of thing, but there was a cheese factor to it. You know, it's just like. Like, I mean, it's, it's come to be expected that Drake's not going to, I don't know, like, is he going to do something heavy? Like, I, I feel like I, I want, like, a really heavy cut from him because everything's been so light and uh, fluffy, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. It is. I mean, he is a little bit for the audience now, um, but it's working for him. I think it's a bit of a banger. 
Yeah, I, I think I like Tootsie Slide or the other one a little bit more. Um, oh, we had we had a, a, a recommendation to join. We'll, we'll 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 get you if you want to join the uh, lives and everything. Just just connect with us um, off the show, my brother, and uh, we'll try and get you in a future episode. That'll be awesome. Yeah, I love kind of uh, random uh, callers. But uh, okay, let's let's jump into our ND feature though. All right, so this is a really one one that's I'm kind of excited about. Uh, I Mill. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. But I Mill, he's a good supporter of us, so he's probably tuning in right now. What's going on? Uh, v, tell us about him. Yeah, I think I might I might have met him on Submit Hub, uh, which I linked before. Um, and he's part of the pre-save group. He's part of the humble and hungry fam on yeah. Facebook and on Instagram, sharing stuff, commenting on everything. Much love to iMill. And you know, the, the reason why I wanted to, to connect with him, because like you said, he is really supportive of um, the community. I remember myself for the next song that I'm going to be dropping. I even like, uh, you know, sent it to him and he gave me some feedback on it. He does cool. tutorials, which he has on YouTube. So I'm sure if you go to, uh, Instagram, you can, you know, learn about how he puts songs together. And I know oh, you right. and I were talking about it. Yeah. Like just like the intricacies of how he approaches his oh, craft yeah. is just beautiful, so, you know? So guys, check out his his uh his YouTube stuff on uh I know I don't know what his YouTube page is, but we'll try to get that for you later. Check out his account, you see it on there below. But he has tutorial videos on how he makes these songs and some of them are over 10 minutes long and and I watch them and, and he goes step by step explaining what this song does, how it works with the beat, or how it's layered in there. And it's really overwhelming stuff for someone that doesn't really know too much about it. I don't even know where you would even begin to get the certain sound clips and cuts that you would need to make this. But he seems very, very savvy with it. So he must have a very good ear and be able to pick up a lot of the stuff. Really impressive uh, tutorials, guys. So those people out there that are trying to make their own beats, I know, V, you're, you're among them, right? And trying to use different community, uh, computer softwares to make that. Definitely check out these tutorials, guys. It's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was, I was, I was really excited to see that because I think, um, speaking of you know strategies and and releases and and stuff, I think it's interesting to have that background because it just kind of connects to fans in a different way, and especially a lot of people in the community are artists um, and the people you're connecting with. So it just gives you a different dimension oh, as to how yeah. you release the songs and. Um, I thought, I think that the song that we we're talking about today is like I do featuring Mo Rice. And, um, one of the things I really liked about that, the song, um, for me, which I hope, you know, I, I mail, if you're listening, if you do a video for that, we could see some of the background. Um, but uh, the thing I liked about that, and it's really resonates with me with what I'm, what's going on in my life is, um, you know, kind of realizing that the, and appreciating the now. And appreciating the present um and you know us artists he says we get we get caught up in 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 the future like oh man i need to get get this next song out i need to get like these huge goals but we don't really kind of um recognize and relish like that where we came from and where we are now and like one of the, the quotes from the song one of the lines was tomorrow is yesterday before we realize you know, we, it's true. Like t tomorrow is like a past. So, so time goes quick, always, yeah, time, time, concept of time. It's a, it's a thing, you know, that, that really uh, eludes no. us and, and kind of like, it just, you know, it's a weird concept. 
So uh, for me, Like I Do, that's a song, once again, featuring Mo Rice. Uh, it was a very catchy song. But at the same time, when you really kind of stop and think about it, it's pretty complex. There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of different sound effects. Sometimes yes. it's sort of easy to kind of get lost in that kind of music. It's sort of like yes. way over you and you just sort of get a feeling, really. But if you're actually looking at it analytically, you can see so much work is, is actually done into it. So very, very impressive. Uh, Lucio, Lucio, if you're out there, man, you should connect with IML. You guys should work on something together because there's some, some different uh, creativity similarities that I saw there. Um, but I appreciate that. Yeah, I thought I thought that like I do was was a bit of a summer anthem. It's a banger. It's, it's nice and light. Um, so you know maybe we should do like a summer uh, album. You know, and collect all these kind of hot songs together or something like that. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, maybe that's a future episode, right? Uh, summer summer uh, jams and but stay tuned, listeners. You know, you never know. Well, but um, I, yeah. I, I would describe his style as being sort of experimental, right? And yes. I know there's a lot of like fear with experimentation. And V, I know you said you, you got you talked to him a little bit about sort of the unknown, right? And right. not knowing if you're doing things right, I guess. Yeah, like just the, the thing, one of the things he wanted to like overcome, and it's a thing a lot of us artists share is just like, like what am I doing? <laughs> you know, and like, uh, but he still grinded out, you know, he's still moving forward with his goals. He wants to um have a release with a, one of the major edm labels like strange fruits hexagon fhm i believe um which are probably bigger in europe he's from sweden so should should uh, also make mention of that nice. um you know we, we we humble and hungry man we expand to every country that's how we do things and um yeah like another of his goals he wants to be on, like i mentioned earlier on an editorial playlist and um, i'm sure like you know the trajectory he's going it, I'm, I'm sure he's he's gonna get there one day, and uh, we're just thankful to you know have him connected on the on the show, and uh, yeah, that's beautiful stuff. Yeah, no, you're right. He, he will make that. You know, you'll make that jump most definitely because his stuff is too catchy and too layered and too complex not to be uh, to be ignored. Okay. You know, he's he's putting a good good work in that. But um, okay, well, you know, that's uh, we're running short on time here, um, but you know, I want to. I wish we could revisit this in the future, maybe in a few weeks or in the next season when we come back, we maybe can have another episode where we're talking about some of the creative strategies that we're doing here. Because yes. there is a lot to chew on. And I encourage everyone out there to sort of explore their creativity when they're getting their, their stuff out. I agree too, man. Like it's just been a, it's been a great episode. It's crazy how quick time flies. You know, oh. I feel like we could like definitely Conversion. I'm not even done my box. I'm not done my. I'm not even done my juice box. Really, that's crazy because those things don't have like 30 milliliters or something. <laughs> right. But that's funny. Okay, so, so let's table it there. Let's wrap it up. Uh, we got a big show next week as well. Hopefully, we're going to have another guest, an interview that we're going to be doing there. So stay tuned for that. V, yeah. There, yeah. Anything you yeah. can uh, offer there? By my my friend who we went to uh, Laurier at uh, with together, uh, Byron Pascal. He's an entertainment lawyer. Um, and I think that's going to bring a lot of value for our indie artists who want to try and take their, their, you know, um, the next steps in their career. And our marketing strategies there, yeah, too. Um, beautiful. So looking forward to that. And we have another cool one coming up, too, a Songs of the Summer episode as well. So stay tuned for that. But we'll be posting throughout the week. And we'd like to encourage you guys to stay engaged. Uh, you know, we'd love to involve you guys in their conversation. And uh, looking forward to more, more episodes and more discussions like this in the future. I agree. <laughs> All right. V, let's have a good rest of our Sunday. Thank you for joining me, my friend. Thank you for joining me out there. And we'll see you all next week on The Humblest. Peace out, guys. Have a great one.